Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. We're back. It's the day after Christmas on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Look at a little bit Christmas pudgy bets. <laughs> Dude. Christmas just kicked me in the butt this year. <laughs> I was going to compliment you on your intro. You seem very upbeat, full of energy. You must have had uh, enough caffeine to start the day. I'm dragon, man. I, like, I just feel like the holiday hangover is here. I'm going to need probably three or four cups of coffee today instead of two. So, oh, man. But hey, we, uh, we're on a championship week. I know you got a couple teams that you're sweating. Um, and, you know, the Eagles don't stink anymore, or kind of. So it's all good over here. It's okay. So if you are prepared for week 17, you're a liar. You are just a liar because this entire past week should have kicked your butt. Christmas should have kicked your butt of just everything that it is, you know, as a holiday family get togethers, but then football, you know, getting to sweat out that 49ers game. I mean, I was just, just terrified the entire time of Debo going. I like one Debo touchdown would have changed my week, but uh, I made it into, in, in my home league, I made it into the finals thanks to uh, one Christian McCaffrey, who, um, he good. just confirming, he's good. He's very good at his job. Uh, he'll get really good, a really good end of uh, year review, which I hope you and I do as well. But um, but yeah, man, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little, just a quick little story. I, I texted bets about this, but yeah, I mean, I'm exhausted, just plain exhausted from this weekend because I got a surprise little... Uh, little hello on Saturday, so right before Christmas Eve, uh, my son and I took him to the ER. He uh, had one of those uh, ran into a pole kind of thing as he was playing with some friends. And so, yeah, I was just there comforting my son in the ER like all Saturday. And then so, yeah, my DFS lineups did not look great after I looked at nothing like all through Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I'm like, crap, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Yeah, man, it was... It was wild. We had the in-laws here all day Saturday and actually Friday afternoon slash evening as well. And then we were at my folks all day Sunday to celebrate with the family. So I wasn't able to kind of sit down and give the it, the attention that I normally do. So yeah, I, I backed off volume a little bit this week. Um, definitely tried to play more on Monday just because it was kind of a slower day for me and my family, which was good and which was fun. I love those three game slates. But yeah, man, hope uh, your son is doing better. I'm sure the family Christmas photos this year are going to be memorable <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> Truman, my youngest, doesn't understand, like, why do you still have a black eye? Like, why is it still, like, why why, why is it still like that? He, like, figured that he'd wake up and just yet? be all better. I know. So How many stitches? Um, but, yeah, we've gotten through it. 
as a family. How many stitches um, did he have to did he have to get? I think it was eight. Oof. It was. I mean, it was massive. Ma- anyway, it's one of those things as a parent where you're like, I I will take that hit for you. I will do it if you would let me. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was tough to hear him coming in screaming. Uh, as anyway, so. Looking on a DFS, you and I are going to get to look at the week 17 slate, and it is a big mama. I feel like the way that we've talked about DFS for the last two months has been, oh, these teams are on buy, or, oh, this is a smaller slate. You know, we got nine games, we got 10 games. This is a 13-game slate that you get in week 17. And remember, the people that are still around, still playing DFS with you, there are no, you know, people farting around with like, oh, I'll just throw in some money in my head-to-heads. Like, People playing right now are still in it, and they still love it. So before we get into this, I just want to, any quick advice before we dive into week 17, like volume-wise, do you think people should hold on to their money uh, for playoffs, like play a little less volume? Because, I mean, we're also getting towards New Year's. I just, I, I would caution people to think that we're at the very end, and they could just, you know, spend whatever they have in their bankroll. Where It's going to be a tough week. It will be. However, when you think about the playoff slates, I like them just because it's a different game. You know, when there's only four games on a weekend or three or, or two when we get to championship weekend, you know, the smaller the slate size, uh, honestly, harder it is to win and harder it is to play smartly. You just kind of have to create unique lineups and, you know, hope that some of the chalk fails, you know, and, and get there that way. So it's more of a game theory play versus on these 13, you know, 12 game slates. You can kind of pick and choose your spot. So this is kind of one of my my favorite weeks of the year, this one and next week, where we still have these huge slates that we can really kind of identify uh, players who are not being played enough by the field for tournaments or really easily, maybe not really, but easily identify uh, the top cash play. So I still think there's an edge this week and next week if you're willing to kind of put in the time and kind of sift through everything, but it's a monster, man. I mean, and again, the NFL doing us no favors with a ton of early window games and only a couple in the late window, which I hate when they do that. But that's the way it goes, dude. We just got to diagnose the slate and go from there. All right, let's look at our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. So reviewing this past week, reviewing what we had in our best plays, Justin Fields was the one that you and I were most confident on, and I'm glad we did. Um, Joe Flacco ended up, you know, having a great week, too. But Fields was a play that we just said, hey, you you need this in cash. And roughly 50% of the field was playing him. I think one of the harder parts was running backs and figuring out where there was an edge. So like Brees Hall was in the mix, but I, I personally was not strong enough on him. I was more on Garrett Wilson on that side. So uh, I missed the cash line by one and a half points bets uh, in double ups. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I, I did think it was an extremely difficult running back slate. Uh, especially when we got the news that Alexander Madison was going to play. Uh, he didn't really play. He had two opportunities, obviously not 100%. So it was the Ty Chandler backfield, but that game kind of got away from uh, the Vikings somewhat quickly against the Lions. So it was tough, man. I mean, at the top, you had Rashad White and Jonathan Taylor, who I thought was kind of a coin flip as far as which one you play. Um, those guys were in the mix. And then, yeah, Brees Hall smashed, like you said. I was with you. I played Garrett Wilson in cash. I did not play Brees Hall and definitely felt that because he was kind of a popular play. So um, Brees Hall went bonkers. Dude. He basically had like a wide receiver stat line. He had like 12 catches for 96 yards or something crazy. So uh, the commanders, dude, they'll give it up to everyone. But yeah, tough week, I thought, for cash as far as that decision tree kind of goes. I will say the Slate Breakers, for once, we both hit on them. Thank the goodness. Boys. Uh, 
Uh, we did not say Amari Cooper, which Joe Flacco for president. Um, but Justin Fields smash. Mike Evans was great. So it was, a, it was a fun week for tournaments, I thought. No, it was funny looking at my large field where I had some great calls um, where like I played Mike Evans because you talked about him with Calvin Ridley. So that that's four touchdowns between those guys. I had Justin Jefferson in the mix. Uh, I even had Kyle Pitts, who I talked about on this podcast about the Falcons tight ends being a good play. And I was like, sweet. But then when you look up and it's like, if you don't have Amari Cooper or Brees Hall on a tournament lineup, you were probably, there's no chance that you were going to make good money on it. So it was a, it was a interesting slate because early on, it looked like the Browns weren't just going to go off. Like in that first quarter, it looked like kind of a dud game. And then all of a sudden you look up, it's like, oh, Amari Cooper has 200 yards. Okay, well, if you don't have him, you're done. So uh, it was a, overall a good slate, but I wanted to highlight a couple of people. A couple of people that uh, gave us some shout outs, some of these on Discord, some of them on Twitter. First one's from Brandon Watkins. Going to shout out my dudes, Kyle and Betts, uh, for this one. I couldn't have done it without their wisdom of DFS. You guys have taught me so much, the DFS pass and the pod. Keep up the amazing work. DFS pass for life. Gimme them baby back ribs, which was easily the best part. Um, You know, Chili's just showing up once again. Uh, you want to highlight anybody else that we have in the doc? Well, Brandon, I have some news for you, my friend. Um, with your winnings, which uh, is a four-figure uh, amount here, you might be able to buy a Chili's franchise instead of just the <laughs> <laughs> just the ribs uh, with uh, the stock there <laughs> in where things are going. But awesome to see. And then, man, I was excited. People, you know, when we get to this time of year, like everyone's so focused on, of course, if you're listening to this show, DFS, but also we all play in dynasty leagues and home leagues and stuff like that. So everyone's sweating the semifinals to get to the finals. Meanwhile, we have these best ball sweats going too. And there was a, pu- a bunch of people in discord that highlighted that we have uh, Brandon. Ayukin is the discord handle uh, going off to the DK Millie finals, which is really fun. A bunch of other people getting through some huge prizes to go to the finals. So uh, best ball season, you know, it's really fun when you kind of put in so much work throughout the off season, literally from like May till August. And then, you just kind of forget about it, right? And then you get to December and you're like, okay, let's see where we're at. So very fun to see for everyone. Congrats to everyone that had a good weekend. I know there was a bunch of people too that did really well on the Saturday slate. So good stuff all around in the DFS pass. Yeah, and it's I I, I forget sometimes that the DFS pass, like we, we let that thing out in June with our best ball primer. It's like, why are we giving that away? Like for no extra cost. That's just that once again, very stupid marketing idea from the people that are in charge of DFS here. Do you know who those people are? Can I talk to them that are in charge of DFS for our company? Yeah, please. And I'd like to also schedule a meeting. Yeah. Okay. So you and I are going to have an off-season meeting with ourselves to talk about why we're doing this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, great value with DFS Pass. DFSPass.com. About to come out with some playoff content if you want to roll with us and be a part of that. So DFSPass.com. Let's move on. State of the main slate. Each week, we refer to the DraftKings Sportsbook lines where Betts and myself play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com, and we're going to preview this 13-game slate, but I did want to use this as a, I don't know if it's a teaching point, but more of to talk about the MVP race and how things change drastically on Monday night. You and I, I feel like over the last month, I've mentioned this, that whoever is the favorite at the moment... I think the public just says, oh, well, this is what's going to happen. When in one game, you saw Brock Purdy throw four interceptions. Now, some of those were tip passes, but 
the public perception changed so much that now he's in, I believe, fifth place. I'm it's looking. Like I'm fifth. looking on DraftKings right now. It's Lamar at minus one sixty, CMC at plus four hundred, uh, Tua ten to one, and then Brock twelve to one. Can you? Is there any value? So we still have two weeks, and every week I ask this question, and I feel like every week there has been value on the board that the public feels too overconfident. So Lamar's the hotness after this past week. Baltimore rolled. They have a game against Miami that they could certainly lose. And when you look at just the way that the AFC is pictured, like Miami wins that game. They are now the number one seed. All right. And, and you know, it, I just, I, I hate how fast things change in the market. And so I never bet favorites. I only sprinkle, you know, whoever's in third or fourth. So is there any value you're seeing on the board as of this Tuesday? I think it's a good reminder too that these markets, and this is what we talk about in the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, comeback player, stuff like that. These are not, you know, algorithmic based with historical data and whatever else. Like someone sets these lines as if they think this is what it should be. It's not like sides and totals where we have a huge amount of data that it's so hard to beat. These are just so sensitive to a week to week thing. Literally last night, I don't know why books do this. They actually hang the lines while the games are going on. Like Lamar's odds are moving by each quarter. Um, so if you're plugged into that stuff, you can get a little edge, I think. But it's just, it's it's not something we should take as fact. Like Kyle said, when you see minus 160 for Lamar and you're like, well, it's definitely him. Now I will say, if they beat the Dolphins this weekend, I think he, it's his award, I think. Yes. So I do think that that's probably right as far as he should be favored, but I'm not going to bet that. Um, I have Lamar from earlier in the offseason, so I'm excited about it, but I don't see a ton of value. I guess you could talk me into maybe a little Josh Allen, just if the Dolphins win this week and the Bills, you know, rattle off two wins and, you know, end up with a better seed than anyone thought three, four, five weeks ago. So that maybe to me is okay, but I mean, really, at this point, I don't think there's much value on the board. I don't mind CMC because really nobody would. Well, I always don't mind CMC. Always. Let's be honest. We get to talk about him on this slate. Um, he, here's here's what I can say. So they play Washington at home in the highest team implied total of the week. It would not shock me if Christian McCaffrey gets three touchdowns, leads me to a fantasy title. But that 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 note aside, uh, but let's say he gets three touchdowns. Let's say Lamar loses. Okay? Loses this game. Who should be the favorite at that point? Ah, uh, man, probably CMC, but this goes against everything I know because we just tell people all the time, don't bet running backs wide I receivers. Agree. So I, I don't know, man. I agree. Now, Tua's counting stats are not great. Like, they're not as great as you think. Lamar's are not as great as you think. Purdy, you know, it, I'm not saying he's done, but that kind of public moment on Christmas night, like, that, that sticks with people and sticks with voters. So... I just think that Christian McCaffrey is close enough that if you're getting, uh, I saw plus 400. Is that, what's he at right now? That's what I see on DK. I haven't really shopped the lines yet. I don't mind sprinkling that because would it shock you if he had two touchdowns? No, not against this Washington team. Yeah. And San Francisco still can get that one seed. And, you know, Baltimore could falter. It, it's just, it to me, it feels like if I'm going to take somebody here and I know it's not a quarterback, I think he has a great chance to do it. So I will say the only, the only pushback on the CMC for MVP thing is 
how does he not win Offensive Player of the Year at this point? And so do voters double dip with MVP and Offensive Player of the Year? Usually not. Um, Not that it can't happen. It just historically does not happen. And part of that is sort of the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, you know, thing where it's like it's always a quarterback for MVP. So they're never going to double dip for offensive player of the year because they'll give it to a running back or wide receiver. So that's um, that's just something I'm thinking through. But man, what a wild season. And, and you can make an argument for any of these guys, right? Lamar, Tua, Purdy, Josh Allen, CMC. So I think if there ever was a year where it's not a quarterback, this is the year. Yeah. And we've seen that. Whoever's been in the lead in the moment, it feels like a lock or not a lock, but at least like this guy's trending in the right direction. Dak was like, oh, well, it's going to be Dak. You know, he's just been on fire. It's not going to be Dak. I can tell you right now, it's not going to be Dak. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, man. That ticket. But Lamar, you know, I'm always down with betting on Lamar. Yeah. Never goes wrong. Um, All right. Let's talk about this 13 game slate because this changes things a little bit. We talked about that at the top. We have a Thursday night game, which is the Joe Flacco revenge game, which is right now, would you say that's like the best story in the NFL? Sit down, Tommy DeVito. No one cares anymore. Dude, it's got to be Flacco. And it's just like, not that they're like having him out there to attempt 28 passes a game and manage it. Like it's his team and he's played incredibly well. He is, by the way, uh, second to DeMar Hamlin for comeback player of the year. And DeMar Hamlin's story is awesome, but he's a special teams player who's been inactive most weeks. Joe Flacco, to me, is... Public... It's the It's the public, you know, uh, picture of what happened, which we're basically at a year of when it happened. Incredible story, so not to take anything of that away, but just like, Joe Flacco was on his couch a month ago, and the Browns, <laughs> they have a path to the one seed. It's kind of unlikely, but there is a path to it. And they're probably going to win this week, don't you think? I mean, they're seven and a half point favorites. 11 wins for a Joe Flacco-led team. Sit down to Sean Watson. I mean, that's worth the bet to me. I mean, we know what, what actually happened. Joe Flacco was sitting on his couch, made a ton of bets on himself before he <laughs> signed a contract. You're going to get the said, story to leak in about a month after the season's over. You heard it here first, people. I mean, it's amazing. So uh, Joe Flacco and the Jet. Uh, the Browns versus the Jets, that's Thursday night. Then we get one Saturday night game, which is the game of the week, right? Lions, Cowboys, 53 and a half over under, which tells us what bets. Don't walk. You run to your book and you <laughs> hammer that under because last week, what was the game? It was uh, Dolphins and Cowboys, right? Yep. That came under. All right. So we're 11 out of 12 hitting the under, which is just, just wild, man. Um, so those are the games, early games, and then we get 13 games and one Sunday night game. So it is packed, and Betts mentioned the early window. I mean, you're you're looking at 10 games in the early window alone in the 1 o'clock. So um, based on those games, Betts, hit me with the teams with the highest team applied total. Yeah, another week, another 49ers leading the slate. 31 points. I'm going to tell you right now, I like the over against Washington, assuming we get good news on Brock Purdy. The Eagles are second at 28.5, the Chiefs at 26.5, the Bills 26.3, and the Ravens at 25. I really liked seeing Sam Darnold on the like the first drive. It's just like, oh, let's go. Let's go, Sam Darnold. There's a reason you were picked third overall. I, I took you in a dynasty startup. Oh, wait. Okay, you're Sam Darnold. Okay, never mind. But um, yeah, it, it, the, the 49ers, there's going to be a little bit of this 
bad taste in our mouth because of what we just saw. A 31 team implied total is nuts for being on the road. So uh, yeah, lean it, lean in that team. Um, there's not a lot of players off the main slate this week. I was listing them. I was like, okay, well, obviously we're not playing Flacco. We want to QB one. There's some wide receivers off the slate, but it's the player pool is stocked full of uh, of guys to look at in every single position. So any quick thoughts about who's not on the slate and when you looked at the player pool? Yeah, I mean, it's just when you have these large slates and no one's really on by um, and the primetime games like I mean, they're pretty good. They're, like the Saturday night game is going to be awesome. Very excited about that. We'll do some showdown, you know, contests in our DraftKings league for that. But you know, there really are the elite options here for you. And whenever we talk about that on a slate, it's like when we have these smaller ones where you can kind of pick and choose a 6K quarterback or like a 5K quarterback like this past weekend, you can spend up elsewhere and not be worried about getting buried by whoever the QB1 is. Like this past week, it was Tua uh, and Dak. They were cost prohibitive. This week, man, you got Josh Allen, you got Mahomes, you got Jalen Hurts in an incredible spot against the Cardinals. So like, I feel like it's kind of one of those weeks again where it just seems like a an awesome quarterback is going to have a ceiling performance. You'll probably need it in tournaments. We'll see what happens throughout the week. That's a great point because, yeah, I looked at this past weekend and I was like, okay, I'm not scared of anybody bearing me other than Justin Fields, uh, just based on price and how I'm you know allocating that. And then you could get away with the cheap guys like Nick Mullins got there. Joe Flacco got there. Taylor Heineke was pretty good too. Like you could have just spent down and been totally fine. Uh, Bryce Young was good too. So uh, yeah, cheap quarterbacks, I think are going to be really tough to lean into on this slate. So uh, before we get into our most popular games, let's take a quick break. All right, we're back. Bets, tell me about which game for week 17 is going to be the matchup. I mean, it's this Miami and Baltimore game, don't you think? The battle for the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, obviously, huge upside in this spot for Tyreek with Waddle unlikely to play coming off a high ankle sprain. So you get this ultra condensed target share to Tyreek. And it's like, okay, sweet. I'll just bring it back with someone on Baltimore. And because we had the Monday night game, those guys are cheap, man. Flowers is yes. uh, 5,600. Odell is 4,500. Isaiah Likely is 4,600. So however you want to play it, if you want to just do a Lamar skinny with Tyreek, it's doable. If you don't want to play the quarterbacks and just play kind of Tyreek and uh, one of those Baltimore Ravens, it's very easy to fit those guys. And they're going to project well because it's got a 47 uh, point total. So I think that one will be quite popular. And, you know, just as humans, like when we have something uh, in front of us as far as a high profile game, like we want to have a little sweat in it. So I could see people uh, defaulting to that matchup for, for that reason, too. Yeah, I want to give a quick, you know, mention of FanDuel and what they're doing with that game because it's almost like they priced the players and they had to price it before the game as if Baltimore was going to lose. And, you know, you're getting cheap guys across the board. Like Zay Flowers is 6.3 on FanDuel. Oh, wow. You're going to see some other names. You're like, oh, these guys, this guy's buried. Two is only 7.6. Like, I think two is the QB nine, QB eight or nine. Uh, so he's kind of down there too. So I, I, I think there's a lot to like on FanDuel if you want to stack up that game from a value standpoint. We'll see later on in the week where it fits in our game pay score. But yeah, that is the NFL matchup. And then it's not as expensive as it should be, which, you know, Tyreek's going to be the, the main piece, but it's almost like you just eat the cost and you build around him. And it's actually not as expensive 
as it's been in the past. Like this past week when we talked about Dallas and Miami, we're like, this game's so expensive. I don't know if I want to go there if it fails. This game, you can go Tyreek, Zay Flowers uh, with Lamar and totally get there. So uh, that's definitely going to be the game. Bets mentioned San Francisco, Washington. Washington defense has been a punching bag the entire year. So correlating expensive San Francisco players with their team implied total and then one Washington player I think is going to be a route that a lot of people go. Purdy is going to be a big conversation point because in cash on DraftKings, he's interesting. On FanDuel, he's the QB3. It's it's almost like laughable to think to pay that price on FanDuel when there's just Josh Allen and you know other players that just have massive upside hurts uh, around him. So I will be playing 49ers players. We'll be talking about Christian McCaffrey. But I think there's players on the Washington side when you think about like the Curtis Samuels uh, of the world that you can bring in your lineup and hopefully, hopefully you get a good uh, PPR outing. Which game do you think is sneaky this week? I'm going to throw out the Tampa Bay and New Orleans game. The total is only at 42 and a half, so it's not uh, incredible. But this Saints D is is really struggling, especially when they faced good to competent teams, uh, not Tommy DeVito and the Giants or you know Bryce Young and the Panthers. They gave up 30 to the Rams, 33 to the Lions, 27 to the Vikings, 27 to the Colts over the last month and a half. Uh, and the Bucks are kind of rolling right now, right? I mean, Baker's playing well. Evans and Godwin are healthy. Rashad White's doing his thing. So it's all uh, looking good at a home spot here for Tampa to go up against a struggling New Orleans team. And then on the other side, we just saw a huge Chris Olave performance. Um, and this is a Tampa defense where you have to throw the football. So it kind of creates a pretty clean bring back, in my opinion. Um, and of course, you could look Rashid Shahid's way too if you wanted to get unique. But I just think kind of the way these teams set up looks uh, pretty interesting to me. Can you tell me that Olave is going to be fine, though? I need, like, I need personally to know that. I do as well. Uh, really need Olave to be healthy. Uh, so if you missed it after last Thursday night's game, which feels like two months ago at this point, um, remember he was questionable with the ankle issue, battled through it, and after the game told reporters that he is, yeah, was really in a lot of pain, kind of struggled through the game to get through it. Um, I think with the extra time, same story. Like he'll probably be limited throughout the week, but should play, in my opinion. I don't know that he's 100%, but uh, he's at least, you know, functional enough to get through the game and at least kind of put up stats. So I think Olavio will be fine. I certainly need him to be as well. Yeah, the extra time to rest up is the only thing that I'm like holding on to. So, uh, yeah, I think Buffalo onslaught stacks are going to kind of go under the radar this week. Um, They're in the early window. They're at home against the Patriots. So it doesn't feel like a game that wants they want to go off, but their team applied total is great. 26.3. We've seen the offense kind of turn things around recently. They've won three in a row. And at home this year, they're averaging 28.6 points per game. So I think Buffalo, two to three pieces from Buffalo can get there. I don't know if you need somebody from the Patriots. And I question who that could be. Like, do you want to play Pop Douglas in other than cash? Not really. But I think Buffalo onslaught stacks make a lot of sense this week. So put that on your radar. Which game do you want to be underweight on? I'm not super into the Carolina and Jacksonville game this week. It's a low total, only 37 and a half points, but you've got Trevor Lawrence battling a shoulder injury. And this is part of the reason we were on the Jordan Love under on his past attempts this past week is because Carolina invites you to run the ball. So you have your quarterback with a shoulder injury against a run funnel defense. They're going to see a ton of Travis Etienne here, which I mean, if you want to play him, that's cool. But I don't think we're going to see a high flying back and forth affair 
from the Jacksonville side, especially considering their wide receiver injuries with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. And on the other side, Bryce Young is coming off of a career day randomly against the Packers. Um, I know you have to throw on Jacksonville usually, but I just don't want to bet on that happening in back-to-back weeks. And since their week seven bye for Carolina, their games are seven and two to the under. Yeah, you need you need Trevor Lawrence to make this game really go. Did you see Bryce Young's price? It is it's so tempting. It's four point nine. Scroll and scroll and scroll, and then you'll find it after you get tendonitis in your thumb. <laughs> it's it's pretty far down there, man. He's buried. Yeah, so he's interesting based on what they did last week. It's also I'll mention later DJ Chark revenge game coming off of two touchdowns. It's probably not going to work, but. Uh, yeah, it's not a game you probably want to stack. I'll throw out Atlanta, Chicago. And I, I remembered, and you probably remember this too. You studied for week 17 a long time ago. It was called May when we were talking best ball and we we're talking week 17 correlation. Betsy, you put out a whole article, I believe, on this. So you already know what's going to happen this week. You just have to go back and read it. You probably forgot. But uh, Atlanta, Chicago was one of those matchups that you go, huh. Do I even care about this? At least I'll correlate some Chicago and Atlanta players and see what happens. I'm sure there's some best ball lineups that, what, have Bijan and DJ Moore together? Yeah, or like, oh, I already have DJ Moore. I might as well take Kyle Pitts. Like, they're definitely going to go off in week 17. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. Or there's the correlation that you didn't know you needed. It's like, oh, I have this player that's on this team now. That Like, oh, I have the Ty Chandler, uh, you know, Nick Mullins, you know, extravaganza or whatever no one else you have. On. Nick Mullins, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no one drafted uh, Nick Mullins. If you did, you probably had a terrible season. I need to go back through my lineups and find like what correlation I stumbled into. Just like because I was galaxy braining at the time and I was just drafting and I just knew like this was going to hit. Um, Atlanta, Chicago. It's going to be slow paced. Um, I think the thing with Fields is if he doesn't get the huge yak plays from DJ Moore or, you know, he has a banged up Cole Komet who left with a knee injury, it's going to be tough. The over-under is only 39. If this was a dome game, I'd feel different, but it's at Soldier Field. It's just going to be a slow slog. Although, it would be a great audition for the Falcons to see Justin Fields and for them to trade for him this next year. I think that's, I'd love that. I don't think that's out of their own possibility. I think that's that's very live hometown guy he's from he's from atlanta um harrison high school i believe uh team most confident hits the over of their team applied total this week that is correct because i remember watching uh kb1 on netflix when he was there nice um i'm gonna go over 22 and a half for tampa i already talked about the game environment with the saints uh since week nine tampa's playing incredibly well offensively nine or excuse me eighth in epa per play they're eighth in scoring and over the last three weeks, I don't know what has gotten into Baker Mayfield and this team, but 29, 34, 30 points uh, put up on the scoreboard. And New Orleans, since uh, week 10, so over the last six weeks, their sixth lowest pressure rate in the NFL, meaning Baker has really struggled when you know he's been under pressure in his career. On paper, at least, this is a spot where he should be in a clean pocket and pick apart the Saints defense, as we saw Matthew Stafford do last Thursday night. I'll be quick about this. We mentioned San Francisco, 31. It's a team you want to lean into in a couple of spots. And Washington, I wrote, is good at their job, and their job is giving up points. So we're going to lean into the San Francisco team applied total. I think you said earlier, like, that's something I want to potentially just lean into. Yeah, big time. All right, which team are you most confident hits the under? 
Yeah, I'm going to uh, kind of follow up with what you said with that Atlanta-Chicago game, and I'm going to take Atlanta under 18 and a half. So the story for this team really has been their home road splits when they're at home. They play really well in the Dome. When they're on the road, they struggle, and you know Chicago has been awesome defensively over the back half of the year. So since week nine, they're number two in EPA per play. They're sixth in EPA per rush attempt, which is huge to me because we know Atlanta prefers to run the ball. And if they get, you know, stuffed early and they get, you know, they're unable to kind of stay ahead of the chain, so to speak, they're going to force Taylor Haneke to drop back. And it's not like Chicago is a bad pass defense. They're uh, top five in EPA per drop back over that last kind of six week span too. So just on paper, it's a really tough spot for Atlanta and how they want to play. And six of the last seven opponents against Chicago have been at or under their team total. I'm going to throw out the Chargers under 16 and a half. They're playing at Denver. Denver just beat them a couple weeks ago, 24 to seven in Los Angeles. So they're at home. Easton Stick is not a player I'm confident in. And then you just look at the pricing, like for Los Angeles Chargers players on DraftKings. And you go this, like nobody's confident in this. Austin Eckler is so cheap now. Like nobody wants to play him. So I think the Chargers are a team you don't really need. And is, is Keenan Allen... Asking for the my closest friend in the entire world, um, is he just like done for the year? Like doesn't want to come back. So what's weird about this, and this is tough too, because you know I was talking about this on the injury blitz this past week. Is like it's you know it's shutdown season around the NFL, so guys that could play through something if the team's out of it, they might not. That's clearly what's happening with the Chargers. They were officially eliminated. Not that they ever really had a chance. But there's been like no details on this heel injury. So I don't really know specifically what's going on. But I will tell you, he has zero motivation to get back out there at this point. So I am not feeling incredible about Keenan Allen's chances of playing this week. Is there a way that I, me, Keenan Allen, best friend from day one. And I'm not trying to put this, but I think I care about Keenan Allen almost as much as anybody else in fantasy football world. Could I motivate him? <laughs> or, or just in the world period not just in fantasy football um hey man you could try i've heard actually a really good strategy is fantasy players and gamblers dming nfl players and tagging oh, them yeah, on twitter that's great that's a really good thing to do so you should try that i, I feel like keenan and i have a pretty good online relationship so far so i don't want to ruin that that's fair um i need you buddy i've always i've always been there through th- i mean from your rookie year i drafted you I've held on, you know, so many seasons. I was there, tore your ACL in week one. I've always been there. Lacerated kidney, been there too, buddy. Uh, we've been through a lot. So, and also, I'm about to hit this drop for salary standouts. It is a picture of Keenan Allen. Salary standouts. I know it, it, he's not going to play when I hear you say, there are literally no details out about this person. Your job is to look for injury stuff. And yeah, I, I haven't found anything either. So... Maybe we'll get something. Maybe maybe we'll get some news. But yeah, there's not a lot of motivation. This week, we're going to look at the players early in the week that stand out to us. We're getting an early read. Like people, give us some grace. You should give yourself some grace because if you're looking at the player pool, there's a lot of players to sort through. And we just went through Christmas, a three-game slate, and everything else you did with your family. So this is early in the week. If you're like, hey, why don't you talk about those players? Like, I don't know because we think we didn't get to look at every single thing yet. So at quarterback. I love Lamar's tag at 7.7. Like we mentioned, I think DraftKings priced them as if they were going to lose. You know, they were five and a half point dogs, which a lot of people didn't like that line. 
So I like Lamar at 7.7. You have Brock Purdy at 7K. If you knew he was healthy on the road, team implied total against Washington, is he a better cost-sensitive play? So this one's tough because I think Lamar, you know, with his ability to run, that price sticks out to me. It's like, man, am I really going to give up 700 bucks just to play Brock Purdy? But it's like, we need to get rid of this. I don't know to say if it's stigma or bias. If you just remove last night, like Purdy is smashing this price tag every single week, right? And now we get the matchup against the commander. So you could flip a coin to me. Those guys are both awesome. I think it's going to depend on how you want to build. And we're going to talk about guys like Christian McCaffrey, Tyree Kill, who seem like you need one of those guys this week. Obviously, the more money you can save in certain positions and get those guys, the better it's going to project. So for me, I think I lean Purdy early in the week. But of course, we'll see what projections say as we get throughout the week. I lean Christian McCaffrey early in the week. Over Tyreek? I do, but I, I it's a biased thing. And I think he's just been worth, he's been worth the price tag every single week. Like literally every single week. Yeah. Well... I mean, there's two there's weeks been, where he had... There's been a couple of games where he's uh, he's only had 19 DraftKings points or only 20. <laughs> what a failure. Um, but, <laughs> but I get what you're saying in cash games. Like, you're locking in... You're locking in 18 to 30 points most weeks for, for CMC, which is crazy. But man, if there's no uh, Jalen Waddle, which I do not think there will be this week, Tyreek's cheaper? I don't know, man. I you could You could argue either way, I think. I'll have to I'll have to see what my builds look like. I mentioned Bryce Young earlier. He's just so cheap. That stood out to me as like, oh, this is a play that you could make work, but we mentioned the way the slate is shaped. I think one of these expensive quarterbacks is gonna smash Josh Allen, Lamar, Hurts. So keep all of those in mind. And then I just want to mention Tua on FanDuel at 7.6. He stands out as a misprice. So if you're gonna stack up that game, that one makes a lot of sense. At running back, CMC is 9.6, as we mentioned. On FanDuel, he is 11K. So you got to pay up. And I like that. I like that FanDuel said like, hey, we're not going to give this guy away. 11K is insane for any player. And on a touchdown-dependent site, it makes sense because you pretty much can lock in at least one touchdown for this guy. So appropriately priced on FanDuel. Kyron Williams, I think, is going to be a play that you and I also like at 83 against the Giants and their run funnel team. So, uh, yeah, I think Kyron's feels safe at 8.3. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. He has the CMC role where it's it's his backfield and you're going to give a couple touches to, you know, the backup Ronnie Rivers, but it's his backfield. And the Giants, you certainly can run on. Uh, you certainly can expect points from the Rams. They've got a pretty healthy team total this week. So Kyron makes sense to me. Um, it's going to be tough, man, because you're not going to be able to fit Likely, I'll say likely, you're not going to be able to fit CMC, uh, Tyree Kill, and Karim Williams on drafting. So it's it's a decision tree, but he's in the player pool for sure. Travis Etienne stood out to me at 7.2 against the Carolina Panthers, a team that we've, I don't know, we've picked on them a lot. Um, But the thing about Etienne, it's just been touchdowns weeks one through eight. He was averaging 18.8 fantasy points per game and a touchdown per game. So like you were getting this crazy volume and you were getting the touchdowns after the week nine bye, he has just two total touchdowns and so I think he's a good positive regression candidate against a defense that we've kind of picked on a lot as giving up touchdowns so he's interesting I would probably won't play him in cash but I think in tournaments I love that price tag at 7.2 
Um, DeAndre Swift stands out to me at 6.5 against the Cardinals who um, are not good at anything and especially not good at stopping the run. So that kind of stands out. Um, And then do we know anything about Josh Jacobs who's missed the last two weeks? They said he was a little bit closer this past week and he's just mispriced. He's 6.2 on DraftKings, 7K on FanDuel. And he's against the Colts, who's a team that we've always picked on uh, with running backs. So anything with Josh Jacobs? Yeah, apparently he was, uh, like you said, pretty close to playing on Monday against the Chiefs. Worked out pregame and just kind of felt like he couldn't go. Um, But man, Zamir White has played very well in his absence. And so I think even if Josh Jacobs plays this week, there's a chance we see more Zamir White than we have in the past with Jacobs and Antonio Pierce at head coach. So I get the price tag. I think he'd be more of a tournament play for me, especially coming off injury. But the matchup's there, and the price tag is certainly there. Yeah, I want to throw out Javante, 5.6 at home as a favorite against the Chargers. Workload's there. Touchdowns really haven't been there. I think he has one touchdown in the last calendar year. Like, it's just just hasn't been happening. But I think his workload is solid. So, uh, UFCH on here. Yeah, just another name to keep, you know, kind of at the back of your mind as we start the week with Isaiah Pacheco uh, in Monday's game against the Raiders left with a concussion. So typically that's tough to clear when you're a Monday game as opposed to like a Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday game. So if he misses, CEH would certainly have to play, I don't say every down, but he would be the dude because Jared McKinnon is on IR with a groin injury. So it's like, man, if he's the only guy at 5.3, he'd be a decent salary saving option, I think, for cash games. Let's move to wide receiver. I mentioned earlier, Zay Flowers is a great tag on both websites. He's just getting a lot of volume. He, you saw on Monday night, if you watched the games, a lot of first reads, a lot of yak kind of plays. Um, probably had another touchdown that he could have had. So Zay Flowers is interesting. Tyreek is the big decision point this week if you can pay up. What do you think about A.J. Brown at 8.6? Like a lot of times... In these matchups, he smashes against really bad opponents, and the Cardinals are one of the worst. So is that too expensive for a player that's kind of been volatile? I think he's not in cash game consideration, which when you look at you know pricing and you're trying to fit McCaffrey or Tyreek, I think he's just going to get lost in the shuffle this week. So I love him early in the week for tournaments. Uh, like you said, the matchup's there. And when you think about you know guys that you just want to peg as like, it's been a while since we've seen like that game from him. He has not scored a touchdown since, uh, let's see here, since week 12 against Buffalo. So it's been just a while. He's not good at the game. He's he's not good at the game, man. It's been a while. Obviously, it's a really good spot at home against the Cardinals. So I think he's an early guy to peg in as like, man, in tournaments, he looks he looks really fun. This is a, this sh- price shocked me. It's Devontae Adams is only 7.4. And the, the headline's going to be Aiden O'Connell, didn't throw for any passing yards in the second, third, or fourth quarter, and that is hilarious to think about. But the matchup against the Colts is beautiful against outside wide receivers, like they've been giving up the entire year, and Adams' target share with Aiden O'Connell has been about 30% the entire time that we've seen those starts. So Adams, for tournaments, at least is way cheaper than he should be, because we know his upside, right? His upside is 102 Um and it's a dome game. So I just wanted to throw him out there, especially if Josh Jacobs isn't there, you could see even more uh, of a condensed target share. Who do you want to throw out this week? Yeah, I'll keep throwing out Rasheed Rice. I know that the box score results on Monday weren't awesome, but he still had 12 targets. 
And just again, keep looking at the state of the wide receiver room. Like this team, and we talked about that with Mike right on the Dynasty show. It's like get Mahomes legit weapons. Kelsey's getting a little older. Everyone else out there is just kind of running around. MBS is doing literally nothing. It's the Rashid Rice show. And at 6.9, it feels a little expensive for the rookie, but he's playing every down. And you can kind of pencil him in for double digit targets every week. Good matchup against Cincy this week. So I like Rashid Rice. So you mentioned Olave earlier at 6.8. I also think Rashid Shahid is interesting. 4.6. Tampa Bay gives up the third highest explosive pass rate in the league. You saw Ridley get there this past week just with targets, even though the game was gross uh, and they were boat racing them. So Saints wide receivers make for really good bringbacks this week. You're going to have the Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore narrative that's going to be thrown out too in that game. But it, that's a sneaky game. I like that one a lot. But Dude, Lattimore's on IR. Four, he is? He hasn't played in a very long time. Oh. <laughs> You're going to get the narrative and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kyle. Aren't you plugged into the IDP streets? You know, I actually do have some uh, good IDP friends out there. Uh, the oh. IDP show. They're good people, but I do not play. Yeah, me either. Man, I, I can't imagine devoting that much time to both sides of the ball. Uh, not for me. But hey, if you like it, it's your thing. Go for it. Yeah, there's good people out there. Uh, JSN is 4.8 against the Steelers who have been given up to slot wide receivers. That one's interesting. You have Pop Douglas, who is good for seven points and nothing else. Uh, he had 12 this past week against Denver, sir. Um, not in my half point league. <laughs> yeah, we're talking DraftKings full full, full point <laughs> PPR. Um, he just earns targets, right? And in this offense, he's kind of the only guy you can really, I don't want to say depend on because it's not like you're getting upside, but Hunter Henry banged up. Juju still banged up. Taquan Thornton and whoever else are just kind of rotational pieces. It's it's him, right? So I think Pop Douglas makes sense if you're looking for a cheap play early in the week. Curtis Samuels, 4.4 in that game against the San Francisco 49ers. Once again, kind of basically the same thing as Pop Douglas, except we've seen stealing games for Curtis Samuel. We've seen touchdowns from him too. So Sam Howell has to throw 40 times or Jacoby Brissett has to step in and throw as well. Then, uh, yeah, Curtis Samuel kind of makes sense as a cheap PPR option. Tight end this week, you know, you have Kelsey on the slate who's expensive. You have some other guys that you can pay up for, but I feel like this is going to be a week. If I don't play Trey McBride, then I'm probably going to have to punt because I got to save somewhere and I don't mind some of the cheap options. So uh, Trey McBride at 5.9. We're always going to talk about him. Chig. Did you see what Chig did this past week, man? Uh, I believe he scored a touchdown. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. Like we talked about this past week, he was popping in the hasn't scored a touchdown yet model, scores the touchdown. It just took Derrick Henry throwing him the ball to get in the Don't end zone. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chig uh, is 3.6 at Houston, and they've been giving up a lot to tight ends. You have Gerald Everett. I always want Gerald Everett to be a thing. I've been wanting that for about seven years, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, and you know when you think about him, it's like, man, is there really any upside? But you could say that for any of the tight ends in this range. And at 3,500, for a guy who's seen eight, eight, eight targets three weeks in a row, if Keenan Allen continues to miss, I think it makes sense if you're looking for an okay floor play. And Denver, man, yeah, they, jo- they funnel targets to the tight end. Yeah, okay. I don't mind it. Juwan Johnson's another name I'll throw out there. Uh, if a lobby's banged up, it's at Tampa Bay's 3.4. He's kind of like a wide receiver. 
Um, and then at defense, we both liked the Broncos early in the week at 2.9 against Easton Stick. That's not great. And then Baltimore, once again, the defense is priced as if they were going to lose. I think Baltimore is kind of an interesting tournament play early in the week at 2.8 at home against Miami. Especially if you just want to wipe out that game and just, if you're looking for a GPP leverage, because everyone probably is going to play Tyreek, makes sense to me if you want to get a little game theory in there. Yep. And then Denver on FanDuel as well. So I think Denver is going to be the play uh, in cash this week. Just seems like a safe floor. Um, let's see. Denver is a five and a half point home favorite. And the Chargers team implied total I talked about earlier. I like the under at 16 and a half. So uh, we'll find out later in the week which ones we like. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com, our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, and Bets. You can jump in a league, enter the contest, hang out with us. We'll even try to throw out one for that Saturday contest, the uh, Detroit and Dallas. That that one's going to be a... Uh, wait, not Detroit-Dallas. Which yeah, game is it? Saturday night. It's Monday Night Football on Saturday. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, it is the Monday Night Crew doing the game. I can't keep up with anything. We just did Christmas, man. Nothing next sense. time, it, it doesn't anymore. You know what does make sense, though? Go to footclanvote.com if oh. you want to vote for this podcast. That was a pro move right there. Yeah, it could be the most sensible thing. You know what? Whatever you're doing right now, wherever you are in life, stop what you're doing. Footclanvote.com. Vote for us. It would be the best 10 seconds you've devoted to your day. Do it with confidence. Click, you know, do whatever you need to do, and and it'll make us feel really good. So footclanvote.com to vote for us as the best uh, sports and gaming podcast. Uh, First time ever, uh, first time we've ever been nominated for this. Correct. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for the show, Bets. Sign us off. Yes, sir. We will have, like Kyle said, contests in the DraftKings League for Saturday night. And imagine not playing a Joe Flacco showdown slate on Thursday. Couldn't be me. That content will be up uh, later this week in the DFS Pass, and we'll also have a a contest for that in the uh, DraftKings League. Woo, what a week. We'll see you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.